Good morning, everyone. It's about time to start our morning worship. We're thankful for those of you that are visiting with us. We see several visitors. We appreciate you being here today and like to invite you back this evening at 6 p.m. if you're in the area and on Wednesday at 7 for devotional and Bible study. It's good to have everyone here have a couple things before we begin this morning. Dr. Friday's sister in Mississippi that has, I don't know her name, has cancer. Her husband passed away this past week unexpectedly. So keep Friday in your prayers as she travels there and further south and, and comfort for that family. Also, if you remember, Roy and Delma Stevens, they attended here. Kids grew up here. Their daughter, Allison Stevens West, passed away suddenly Friday morning with a massive heart attack. So if you'd keep Delma and Rebecca and Jennifer in your prayers, I'm sure they'd appreciate it very much. There's some here that uh, went to school with those girls. and Keep them in your prayers. I'd like to read John 14, 1 through 3 this morning, if you'd like to follow along. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Would you bow with me in prayer, please? Father, we are thankful for this beautiful day of life that you've given us for the night's rest for your son who came and died for us. We're thankful for this opportunity that we come to worship you, and we're thankful for a nice warm building. We ask that you bless Friday and her sister at the passing of her brother-in-law. Be with that family. Give them strength. Be with Delma and Jennifer and, and Rebecca this morning at the sudden passing of Allison. Bless their families, Father. Give them strength and courage and pray that they look to you for guidance and help. We ask that you bless us in our worship service today. We pray the things we do are pleasing unto you. Bless our sick or shut-ins and those that have lost loved ones. Forgive us in thy son's name we pray. And amen. Would you stand for the first song, please? And do turn your cell phones on silent. First Tim this morning, number 362. <clears throat> 362. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. All four verses. <clears throat> Joyful, joyful, we are. 
Next hymn this morning, number 781. 781, wonderful story of love. And after this hymn, Brother James Ward will have our scripture reading and prayer.
go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you this day. Thank you so much for our many blessings that we have, Father. Father, this time of the year, we're thankful to be able to spend time with our families, Father, but this day, we're so grateful and thankful to be with our family that we hope to be with for eternal life. Father, we're thankful for the gift of your son, Jesus, for what it means to each and every one that's here. Father, through him, we have hope for eternity and that is such a precious thing, Father. Please continue to be with the leadership here at Rome, Father. Pray that you be with the elders and the wise, Father. Pray that you be, continue to be with Chris and Dave and their wise, Father, as well. Thank you for the deacons, the work. Father, just pray to be with uh, each and every member of this, here that's with us this morning, that you'll continue to bless us and watch over us and protect us. Father, there's many of the congregation here that are hurting and in need. Father, I pray that we can see the needs and reach out and help those here and throughout the community. Father, throughout uh, the rest of the week, may we be a shining light and example for you, Father. And as we commune with you this day, Father, let our minds concentrate on that sacrifice that Jesus gave for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Scripture reading will be from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, 3 through 5. Ephesians 1, 3-5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Next hymn this morning, number 217, 217, He Loves Me. After singing this hymn, Brother Brian will conduct our Lord's Supper. Why did the Savior Why did 
This morning, as the world celebrates the birth of Christ, we gather every Sunday to celebrate his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection through the Lord's Supper. I'd like to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. To proclaim. To proclaim is to make a public announcement or to declare to others what we consider important. Communion is not a loud or noisy event, but we proclaim quietly, confidently, and joyfully to God and each other and the world. During the supper, we are silencing the voices of our culture that try to distract us and proclaim something more important, the death of Jesus. So what are we proclaiming about his death? First Peter chapter 2, verse 24 states, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. This passage tells us three things about our Savior's sacrifice. Number one, the purpose. Jesus bore our sins in his body on the tree. He received the entire punishment we deserved for the sins that we have committed. Number two, our participation in his death. He died so that we might die to sin and live righteously. We, we proclaim that we've forsaken the pleasures of sin and find joy in living God, in loving God. Finally, we proclaim the power of Jesus. By his wounds, we are healed. Jesus has reconciled us to our God through the new covenant, secured with his blood. And this is what we proclaim as we take of this bread and drink of this cup. Would you bow with me, please? Father in heaven, we're thankful for this day, Father, and we're thankful for this bread, which represents the body that Christ so willingly gave on the cross for our sins. We pray that we partake of it, Father, in a meaningful manner. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
about me again, please. Father in heaven, we're thankful for this opportunity to partake of this fruit of the vine, Father. It represents the blood that was shed on the cross for us. Be with us as we partake of this, Father. We can take ourselves back to the cross. So that scene, Father. Thank you for everything you do for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That concludes the Lord's Supper. One other requirement we have as, as Christians is to give back a portion of what we have earned over the, the past week. Uh, we do this every Sunday. This is our opportunity to show our love back to God for everything that he's done for us. Would you bow with me as we bless the offering? Father in heaven, we're thankful for this day. Father, we're thankful for this opportunity we have to gather here as Christians, Father, to give back a portion of, of what we have. Father, we pray that this offering will be used for the betterment of the church and to spread the gospel around the world. Be with us as we participate. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
us all please stand and we'll sing hymn number nine, A Wonderful Savior. Hymn number nine. <clears throat> That's at this time that the young children may go to the children's Bible hour. We'll sing the first, second, and last verse. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord, a wonderful Savior to seated. Invitation hymn for this morning, number 667. There is power in the blood. Brother Chris. Good morning. I love you guys. We've had a, a good year together, haven't we? God has really blessed us in the midst of this year. Um, I can't wait to see what he does next year. It's just such an exciting time in the life of our congregation here where we're doing so many good things and God is blessing us so well. Um, throughout this, this month, we've been thinking through some things that we need to think about during this time of year. So much of our world right now is thinking about the birth of Christ and we are delighted, obviously, that he was born. But there are a variety of things that are important that we need to think through during this time of year. Um, I think this may be one of the most important things that we need to think through right now. As our world is thinking about the birth of Christ, so many folks like Jesus as a baby. And so few like him as a resurrected Christ. Now that statement may sound a little crazy, but think about it, it's true. 
the baby Jesus has no demands on anyone's life. He doesn't necessarily want anything from you. He doesn't need anything from you. But the resurrected Christ demands everything. He demands your life. He demands every minute of it. He demands your allegiance, every of it. And so the resurrected Christ demands from us. And it's our duty as well as our joy to match up to those obligations he's given us. Turn over to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. That's where we're going to spend uh, the first half of our lesson this morning. Ephesians chapter 1. There are at least two reasons why I think you can't leave them in the manger. The first one is there are too many blessings to leave him in the manger. When we talk about that, what we're really saying is you need to submit to him. You don't don't necessarily have to submit to, to the newborn baby Jesus, do you? But to the resurrected Christ, submission is necessary. It is obligatory. It is must. He demands it. And he will have no less. If we do not submit to him, we miss out on so much. If we half-heartedly submit to him, we miss out on so much, too much. We miss out on too much if you half-heartedly submit to him. If you don't submit to him at all, if you recognize him only during this time of year, you, you miss out on too much. There's too many good things inside of Christ for us to simply acknowledge him during one portion of the year or all throughout the year, but only half-heartedly. This is a lesson for everybody, right? This is, this is just as much for me as it is for you. We have to submit to him in every way and every day. Because there's too many blessings inside of Christ for the devoted to not act like that. Ephesians chapter 1 spells out just a few of those blessings for us. Listen to what he says. Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Every single one of them. He says those things are inside of Christ. If you're not inside of Christ, you don't have those things. You don't have access to those things. It'd be like standing outside on the, uh, on the door wanting heat. It's really cold outside, right? If you were standing outside and you want heat, what do you have to do? Well, you've got to get inside the building. He says these things, these blessings are only inside of Christ. Toward the end of the lesson, we're going to talk about how you get inside of Christ. He says these things only exist inside of Christ. Outside of Christ, you, you don't have access to them. They're not yours. But inside of Christ, we have every spiritual blessing. Listen to verse 4. He says, Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us 
in the beloved. So he, he says a lot there, right? But I, I really want you to focus on uh, what he says in verse 5. He, he predestined us. That's, that's a word that's thrown around a lot in religious circles. And it doesn't really mean what most religious people think that it means. Uh, and so let's, let's break that down and let's spend a little bit of time thinking through what he's trying to say here with the fact that he predestined us. I, I don't think it's a Bible idea that he predestined certain people to be lost and certain people to be saved. That, I don't think I, I don't, that's not in Scripture, is it? That, that's, a, that's a false idea. Um, that he designated this group of people to be saved and, and that group to be lost. Why, if that's the case, would evangelism be so important? Why would he demand that we evangelize if this group is saved no matter what we say and that group is lost no matter what we say? That doesn't make any sense, does it? No, he's predestined a group of people. What is that group? It's those that are inside of Christ. We would term it those that are in the church. Because the church is not a building, is it? You're, you're, you're in the church building now, but you are the church. As baptized believers, we are the church. And so he says, if you're in that group of people, he has predestined you for adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. You get to be a part of his family because you're in that group, because you have been added to the church. Again, toward the end of the lesson, we'll talk about how you are added to the church. Check out the next thing he says in verse, in verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to the purpose which he set forth in Christ. There's two things there that we really need to focus on. Let's start with the redemption part. And so if you've got, if you've got a pen and you're writing your Bibles, maybe, maybe you want to underline the predestination bit there because that's the first blessing that we have inside of Christ. He's, once he adds us to the church, once we get inside of Christ, he's predestined us for adoption into his family. What an incredible blessing that is. Un unspeakable, really. Ephesians is the book of unspeakable things. Uh, Paul in Ephesians would, would, would search the, the riches and the depths of God's incredible grace. And he does that here with these, there's five of them, five spiritual blessings. And, and he's kind of saying these things are, they're incredible. They'll blow your mind. You, you really need to stop and think about these things. He has invited you to be a part of his family. What if I spit in his face? Yeah. He still invited you to be a part of his family. What if I don't love him? Yeah, he still invited you to be a part of his family. What if I rebelled against him? You remember the story of the prodigal son? What if I do those things? What, what if I act like I wish he hadn't been born? What if I act like I wish he were still dead? Because Jesus isn't still dead, is he? He was resurrected and now he waits for us in heaven so what if I act as if I wish he were still dead or never been born does he still want you yeah 
That's, that's the mystery and the incredibleness of the gospel. He's still calling all of us home. No matter what you've done or who you've been or what you've said, he wants you to come. That's the insanity of the gospel and the beautiful craziness that he's offering to humanity. No matter what you've done, he's inviting you. And all you have to do is obey. There's not a, a circus that you have to, hoops that you have to jump through. There's not a lot of these things. He says, submit, obey, do what I've asked you to do. And you get to be in my family. I've predestined you as sons and daughters to adoption. You get to be a part of his family. Well, what an incredible blessing that is. Unspeakable, right? But that's just the first one. That's just the first blessing. So if you've got your, if you write in your Bibles, underline predestined for sons and daughters of, uh, of adoption. But then underline also the word redemption in verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, through Jesus' blood. Craziest thing happened. I don't know a better word to use when we start talking about the concepts that the Holy Spirit conveys to us in Ephesians 1, other than crazy, because it, it just doesn't always make sense. It almost never makes sense what he's done here. The king has died for his subjects. What king does that? No king, except Jesus. There's no one else. There's no other ruler who has sacrificed himself for his subjects. But that's exactly what he's done. And that's what the Holy Spirit's drawing out for us here. In him we have redemption. But through what? Because of what? Because of his blood. Because there was blood shed on the cross for you and I. We, had, we now have redemption. This possibility of relationship with God, but also this washing away of our sins, of all the things that we've done in the past that are rebellious, the times that I've spit in his face, the times that I've acted and lived like I wished he was dead, all those things, he says, those things can be forgiven. You can find redemption. You can be redeemed. It's a beautiful word, isn't it? It's a Bible word. We don't, we don't talk like that very much anymore. This idea of being redeemed, of being bought back. We, we don't think like that, but, but we need to, at least in regards to this idea of being redeemed by God, because we don't always get it, but we need to, right? So if you were a slave, you could be redeemed out of that slavery. Someone could pay the price to remove you from that life of slavery. If they did so, they would have redeemed you out of that slavery. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit's saying that Jesus' blood did for us here. It was the price that was paid to redeem us out of slavery because at one time in your life you were a slave to sin. It was beating you. It was controlling you. It was driving you. 
The Holy Spirit says, Jesus' blood redeems you out of that. How do you come in contact with that? We're going to talk about that toward the end of our lesson as we think about how you get inside the church and how you get inside of Christ. It's all the same thing. It's all, it all happens at the same time. His blood redeems us. And that blood was necessary because it was the only thing that could have cleansed us. Animal blood did not work. It was not sufficient. It wasn't good enough. It, it rolled forward people's sins, right? It, it was good enough for that, but it wasn't good enough to erase them. We needed a clean, pure, holy sacrifice, and it needed to be human because it had to be like us. The problem with this is all of us, what Paul say in Romans 6, fall short of the glory of God. All of us sin. And so where are we going to find a perfect human sacrifice? Well, it's going to demand deity putting on flesh, which is crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Why would the God of the universe, infinite, right, omnipotent, can literally breathe out stars and has, right? This unimaginable power can't be confined by space or time. Chose to be confined in human flesh. To be spat on, to be mocked, to be derided by those that he created and ultimately be killed by them so that he could redeem you. Isn't that amazing? Crazy, right? It doesn't make any sense, but that's the beauty of the gospel. He has stepped out and has done something remarkable. That kind of blessing, that blessing is only available inside of Christ. You can't leave them in the manger because... These blessings are only inside of Christ. They demand submission to Him. They demand devotion. Every ounce of your life, every minute of your life, that's what He demands. The blessings are too vast to leave Him in the manger and not submit to Him. We didn't even know we needed that blood. We weren't even aware that a sacrifice was necessary for us. We were happily walking down the road to destruction and didn't even know it until he told us. But he offered that sacrifice for us so that we could gain the victory through Christ our Lord. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. Check out the next one. So if you're writing your Bibles, underline predestination, adoption as sons, underline redemption in verse 7. Look at what he says in verse 9, though. Making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him. Things in heaven and things on the earth. So, so 
Underline making known. That's, that's the next blessing we have inside of Christ. The crazy thing is he let us in on the plan. He told us what was going on. Right? He's making known to us his secret. He lets us in on the mystery. He didn't have to do any of these things. This, this adoption, the redemption. He didn't have to do any of these things. But this one, that he lets us in on what he's done. It's maybe the wildest to me. A mystery, biblically speaking, a mystery. He defines certain terms differently than we would define them normally. And so a mystery is one of those types of words that he would define differently. A mystery is something that was once hidden, but has now been revealed. And so this idea of man's salvation, he hid during the Old Testament times. And not even angels knew what he was up to. So he says in the book of Hebrews, they didn't, they didn't know. The greatest celestial beings who are constantly around God all the time, singing his praises, were not in on the plan. They longed to look into and to know these things. But he didn't let them in on the plan. It was, it was something that was hidden from even them. But it was revealed to you. That, that ought to blow our minds. I think that is so, so special. And so I wonder why. Why has he revealed it to, to us? Why, why hide it from, from them, the, the beings that you would assume that he would share a great many things with, things that he wouldn't share with us, he, he has shared with them. But this thing he, he hid from them and has revealed to us. Why? Why has he revealed to us this incredible gift that he's given us and this redemption that the power of his blood can cleanse your sins? Why did he reveal that to you? Because it's your job to go tell everybody else. All the ones who don't know, it's your job to go tell them. Next year we're talking about evangelism all year. I'm so looking forward to that study together. And that's going to be one of the cruxes that, that, this, that this evangelism theme hangs on. It's our responsibility to go tell them. This is something he's given us. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians that he's given, to, he's given this, this thing in, in jars of clay. In, incredibly fragile. Really breakable. Really messed up. Frail human flesh. That's what he's entrusted this incredible mystery to. Amazing, right? But he, he's revealed this thing to us and that is an incredible blessing to be in on the secret to know God's plans. <coughs> Check out what else he says in verse 11. He says, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. He's given us an inheritance. Sons and daughters who were nothing but rebellious, who didn't deserve an inheritance, he's granted one to us but not just any inheritance, right? 
it, it's not it's not your grandparents' favorite china. It's not your granddad's whittling knife. He's granted to you eternity with him. If you stop and think about that, that's pretty crazy too. Why would the God of the universe want a relationship with me? What do I have to offer? I have no idea. Coming, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I've got nothing to offer him outside of my undying gratitude, my life, and my praise. I got nothing. Nobody does. So why does he go through all of this trouble to gain for us an inheritance? Because he wants to be close to you. It's the only answer. That's the only answer scripture will give us. We don't, we don't know why outside of the fact that he wants a relationship with his people, with his creation. And so he's gone outside of the realm of imagination to make that possible. And now he's given us an inheritance. Finally, what was shattered in the garden can be restored. In the Garden of, Eden, uh, in the garden of Gethsemane, Adam and Eve enjoyed intimacy with the Father, right? When sin entered the world, that intimacy was shattered. And it, and it, it really only comes back through the power of baptism. When our sins are washed away, we again have that intimacy with the Father, but not like they had it. That intimacy really only returns to us in heaven where we get to spend eternity with an eternal being who died for us but now lives again. There are too many blessings for us to leave him in the manger. Listen to what else he says. Starting in verse 13. In him... You also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire, a pos until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. He's given you the Holy Spirit. Who, who is God, right? He now lives inside of each and every one of us. Phenomenal, right? Un unimaginable, right? Who could have ever thought of this crazy rescue plan he's given to humanity? And the wildest thing may be that the Holy Spirit now lives inside of us. He says it's your guarantee. He is your guarantee of the inheritance that's coming. He's the down payment. Wow, right? When Jesus leaves the apostles, um, after his resurrection, he's going to go back into heaven, right? After the, the 50 days of 
uh, of being with the disciples and showing himself to a variety of different people to confirm his resurrection was real. Uh, he's going to go back into heaven, right? And that's where he, he waits for us now. But when he leaves, do you remember what he says? He says he's going to send a helper. In the Greek there is a paraclete, someone who comes alongside of. You ever, you ever had a broken leg or something? Um, and, and somebody, or maybe you twisted your ankle or hurt your knee or something, and somebody came alongside you and moved you to a seat? That's what the Holy Spirit, he, he comes alongside of us and he helps. That's what Jesus says he, he came to when he ascends. He's going to send the helper, the Holy Spirit, to the disciples and he's going to help. That's, that's what he's promising the church here. That's why it's so important that we submit to him. That's why it's so important that we live our lives every minute every day with every ounce of our strength for him. Because there are too many blessings to leave him in the manger. It's too important. If the blessings didn't sway you, maybe the cost will. Flip over to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. There are too many blessings to leave him in the manger. Our lives need to be submitted to him. But there's also too much cost to leave him in the manger. The, the risk is too great to leave him in the manger. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. He says, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men... I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Most of the time, and you think with me on this one, any believer you would ask if they actually believe in Jesus, what are they going to say? 99.9999% of the time they're going to say, of course, I believe in Jesus. So we don't often deny him with our words, but often we deny him with our lives, don't we? We don't often vocalize it, but we live as if we don't know who he is. We say and do things that are not in line with who he wants us to be. We prioritize things that he doesn't care about. And we disregard things that he cares deeply about. We live as if we had no idea who he is. And so while you may not vocally, verbally deny him, very few people would do that, right? The more... astute problem, I guess... The more promiscuous problem, I guess, is we live as if we deny him. We don't think like he thinks. We don't love what he loves. We don't act like he acts. We don't prioritize the things he prioritizes. And so you may not vocally be denying him. 
but you're denying them. The risk is too great. If we don't submit to him, if we don't live every minute of every day of every ounce devoted to him, we're leaving him in the manger and the risk is too great for that. Paul said it right in Galatians 2. You probably know this passage. We've, we've turned it into a song. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul says, when I was baptized into Christ, I died that day. As soon as I came up out of the waters, I, all, my agenda, all the things that I wanted, my priorities, all those things were gone. And I picked up a brand new life. And that life was Christ's. And now every day I die to myself. Just like he said, pick up your cross every day and die to yourself. Right? Paul says, I I'm doing that. I died to me and now I live to him. Every minute of every day, of every ounce of passion and devotion I've got are his. I'm dead. He lives on through me. And if I refuse to live like that, he's going to turn his back on me, as he should. That's a risk that must be avoided at all costs. This Jesus must be submitted to. He must be worshipped. He must be everything. You can't leave him in the manger. The, the risk is too great. So how do you get in Christ? We want these blessings and we want to avoid these risks. So how do you get inside of Christ? Flip over one page. Galatians 3, 26 and 27. Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 and 27. How you get inside of Christ is how you get inside the church, is how you find redemption, is how you find all of those spiritual blessings because those only exist inside of Christ. And so how do I get inside of Christ? Galatians 3, 26 and 27. For in Christ you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And so how do I get inside of Christ? Well, I have to be baptized into him. Baptism is, is an immersion. It's, it's a complete submersion for the purpose of the forgiveness of my sins. Once I've done that, he adds me to the church. I find redemption. I find all these spiritual blessings. And then I lead a devoted life to, to him. Every ounce, every minute of every day, devotion. Maybe you've already been baptized and you're struggling, and that makes sense. It's okay to struggle. We all struggle. Remember, we all fall short of the glory of God. If you're struggling today, we want to help you in any way we can. Won't you come as we stand and sing? There's power in the blood, power in the blood, worthy glory, glory, glory when there's blood.
Good morning. Just want to echo uh, Chris's comments. Uh, it's hard to believe this is the last Sunday of 2022, but it's been a very good year here at Rome with a lot of good things going on uh, as we prepare for 2023. But just have a, a few announcements before we're dismissed. Wednesday, January 4th, at 5.30, there will be a Stepping Stone Supper. Just a reminder that all proceeds from that uh, are applied to, the, uh, to our missions. Also, there will be a chili cook-off on January 21st at 1 p.m., and everyone's invited to participate in that. The missions team would like to thank everyone for the donations of wrapping paper. Uh, the mall wrapping effort made $1,700. And uh, also, Life Group 1, this is Rick and Karen's Life Group, will be meeting after AM services on January the 8th. Prayer list updates, um, Jackie Floyd, let's uh, continue to keep her and her family in our prayers as they've moved her dad to hospice. Uh, continue to pray for Clinton and uh, Jennifer Baker and Terry Leap and Amber Spitzer and uh, Jerry mentioned uh, Delma Stevens and her family at the passing of Delma's daughter, as well as Friday, uh, all the uh, things going on with her family. So let's keep all those in our prayers, as well as everybody that's listed on uh, the prayer list in our Rome journal. That is all the announcements that I have. I hope everyone has a, a good afternoon, and I want to invite everyone to, uh, to return this evening at 6 p.m. for our evening services. And we'll have uh, one more song and be dismissed in prayer. Let's please stand again. We'll sing hymn number 682, To God Be the Glory. We'll sing the first verse, and then Brother Derek Knapp will lead us in prayer. 682, verse 1. To God be the glory, great things he hath done, so lovely. pray with me? Dear Lord, thank you so much 
for the congregation that we have that gather here in Rome to, to praise you and to worship you for who you are. As Brother Chris spoke to us this morning, we thank you for, for Jesus and the call to not leave him in the manger, but to, to embrace his life, his death, his resurrection, and to accept our call to evangelize that message to others, to live our life as he would have us to live, in service to others and put others above self. And Father, I, I pray for everyone here this morning that we take on that charge to, to live a life worthy as best as we can to what Jesus has given us, for us to be humble and to seek after heavenly things and not earthly things that we can so easily fall into. Father, give us courage to speak up and speak out and defend the truth of the gospel that we know. And Lord, uh, be with families as they're together um, to enjoy the, the love and the fellowship that we have with you and in you. Keep us safe as we travel this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.